Welcome to the Play Sleep Grow podcast. This episode reveals what to do when you unexpect Welcome to the Play Sleep Grow podcast. This episode reveals what to do when you unexpectedly can't get baby to bed on time. So freshen up that cup of coffee, switch that load of laundry before you forget and listen in. You're listening to the Play Sleep Grow podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Thompson. I leveraged my skills as a speech-language pathologist to research and discover the gentlest and most effective sleep training methods and strategies available for our three children, successfully helping them learn to sleep through the night and take regular scheduled naps, starting at three, four, and five months old, respectively, effectively reclaiming confidence, structure, and peace in our home and creating a better, healthier relationship with my husband and our children. On this show, you'll discover bite-sized, actionable strategies for all things baby sleep and development, and avoid wasting time, money, and tears on strategies that simply don't work. You'll gain a sneak peek into the most reliable, evidence-based strategies available. You'll also get exclusive access and discounts to time-saving, headache-crushing tools and our unique Play Sleep Grow Sisterhood to make your sleep training journey and your relationship with your child easier and more grace-filled than you ever dreamed possible. Subscribe now and listen in every Monday. So grab a cup of coffee, snuggle that baby close, and welcome. You belong here. Does trying to figure out your baby's ever-changing sleep schedule make you feel like finding a nice secluded spot and burying your head in the sand? Well, stop the search and step away from the sand. As an exclusive gift to you, I have created a 60-second sleep schedule quiz. All you have to do is complete the 60-second quiz, and a sample sleep schedule specifically for your child will be sent directly to your inbox. And yes, it's completely free. Simply go to www.playsleepgrow.com forward slash sleep dash schedule dash quiz to claim yours now. And I'll drop a clickable link in the show notes. Welcome back. I'm your host, Ashley Thompson, wife, mom, licensed speech language pathologist, and certified pediatric sleep consultant. In today's episode, we will be pulling back the curtain on what to do when something unexpected happens and suddenly you can't get baby to bed on time, whether for a nap or nighttime sleep. You will learn various actionable strategies for sleep on the go when necessary, as well as how to get your child to bed quickly once you get home. These are strategies we've used with our own three children, so I'm speaking from experience here. Let's jump in. It's happened to all of us. I promise it's not just you. We've all been in the situation where, despite our best efforts, our most carefully laid plans, something happens. A doctor's appointment that can't be rescheduled, a family outing where you lose track of time, running errands that take longer than expected, or whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, you realize that your baby isn't going to make it home in time for their nap or nighttime sleep. You know by now, I'm sure, that how important your child's sleep space and routine are for helping them fall asleep and stay asleep independently. We provide them with these staples out of love and respect for their need for routine, consistency, and the feeling of safety and security. 
And now your poor nugget is going to be up past their wake window or have to go to bed late despite all your best efforts. It happens. We want to prevent it from happening regularly, of course. We created that structure and those sleep routines for a reason, because that's how your child learned how to sleep independently and their sleep functions best. And in the very beginning of sleep training, we want to prevent it completely for the first few weeks, even for the first one to two months if we can, because this is the time when our baby is trying to establish her new habits, her new sleep skills. And any disruption can make that significantly harder for her in the beginning. You know how hard it is to establish a new habit, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Waking up early, exercising regularly, cleaning the house, not opening email first thing at work. New habits are hard. So we make the environment around us as conducive to that new habit as possible to make our success that much easier. That's exactly what we've done with our baby, our child, when we chose to sleep train. And at the same time, life happens. So after those carefully constructed first few weeks, your routine is going to get thrown off. You're going to be at a friend's house and lose track of time. You're going to get home late from work. You're going to have to make that doctor appointment right in the middle of baby's nap time because there are no other available times. So let's talk about what to do when the inevitable happens. Solution number one when you can't get baby to bed on time. Shift the schedule. The first solution is for the times when you have forewarning that something unavoidable is going to interrupt baby's sleep schedule. This past December, we were invited to our friend's wedding out in Colorado. We were very excited. This is Reese, my husband's best friend, and his new wife, whom we like very much. And Reese was asked to be a groomsman, and our two eldest daughters were asked to be flower girls. The issue was... They needed the girls at the location ready for pictures at the time of their naps and afternoon rest period. Now, some well-meaning family members might say, oh, they can skip their nap for one day. But you and I both know that if we try that, all hell will break loose. And who's going to have to deal with an overtired child? who's sobbing on the floor one minute and bouncing off the walls in her beautiful wedding attire the next. You. Not Aunt Pam. You. What we did that day was shift their schedule. They took an early, shortened nap. Did the eldest struggle to fall asleep? At all? Yes. Was the youngest crying when she woke up because she was expecting to get another to sleep for another hour? Also, Yes. But in this situation, my hands were tied. It wasn't my wedding. We couldn't arrive late to this one because Reese and the girls were in the wedding. And we couldn't skip the nap because Emma's seizures may be linked to when she's overtired, let alone the other two would be bouncing off the walls and sobbing simultaneously halfway through the ceremony if they missed their naps. We did what we could. And in the end, I think it I still think it was the best decision for the situation. And a great time was had by all. So if you know that an unavoidable event is going to happen at just the wrong time and disrupt your child's sleep, and you can shift the schedule, 
their nap time, or even bedtime by 30 minutes max for littles or 60 minutes max for bigs, for big littles. (laughs) Try it. And at the same time, expect that your child's sleep for the following 24 to 48 hours may be thrown off a little. They may have a harder time falling asleep or have night wakings or wake earlier the next day. Just anticipate it and be as consistent as possible with your sleep schedule and routine once you're home again. And because of their new skills and sound sleep structure, they'll get back on track in a day or two. Solution number two, when you can't get baby to bed on time, be prepared. So what about those instances where you have to take a nap on the go? For example, a couple summers ago, we wanted to take the girls to the zoo, but our youngest, Olivia, was still taking morning and afternoon naps. There wasn't a way to just delay or move up one of her naps by 30 minutes and still leave enough time for our older girls to enjoy the zoo. We didn't need to be there all day. Neither the girls nor I would last all day. But we wanted the trip to be worth it. So we planned for Olivia to take a nap in the stroller while we were walking around. This is what I did. At the time of her morning nap, I quietly recited one of her pre-nap routine books. I laid her back in the stroller and covered it with a super light scarf. Light, like so thin that you could see through it which didn't help as much with the light, but A, it was better than nothing, and B, it still let a little airflow through because it was summer, and C, at least it obscured her surroundings so they weren't as distracting. Then we kept walking around the zoo. Did she sleep? No. Was it the best I could do with what I had at the time? Yes. If I could do it over again, I would have purchased a travel fan to hook onto the stroller for better airflow, purchased a travel white noise machine to use in the stroller, and taken her in the dark air-conditioned exhibit where they housed the seahorses and the like for at least 30 minutes to give her a better, more comfortable environment to fall asleep in. Even if that meant Reese had to take the big girls to different exhibits for that short time. As it was, she was cranky and fell asleep on the way home. But I did my best, and everyone still had a really special time. Another time when we needed to do naps on the go was when we had prayer and fellowship group with other families from our church. We meet every few weeks to pray the rosary, let the kids play, give the kids and moms a snack. And it's a morning meeting, so it started right at Olivia's nap time. So what I did was I brought my pack and play and Olivia's sleep sack. And then my friend offered to let me use her son's crib, so we did that. And she already had a room darkening shade and a box fan for white noise and air movement. So as soon as we got to my friend's house, I set the big kids loose with the other kids and took Olivia straight to the nursery. We popped her in her sleep sack, sat in the rocker, and cuddled while I recited her naptime books. And then I placed her in the crib and sat in the rocker until she settled. Some kiddos you can leave and check at home may need your presence in a new sleep environment, so keep that in mind. After I could tell she was settled, I left the room, 
stood by the door for a few minutes to make sure she didn't start to panic, and then headed downstairs where my girlfriend showed me where the baby monitor was. And I know, I know, that's totally the best case scenario. My friend already had most of the elements Olivia's sleep space that she needed ready when I arrived. But you can bring the elements too. You can bring a pack and play, a sleep sack, a white noise machine, travel room darkening shades, or a mesh pack and play cover, and a travel fan. Some kids do need us to stay in their room in a new, unfamiliar sleep environment. Some kids don't, and that's okay too. Try not to resort to your child's old sleep props, nursing or feeding to sleep, rocking to sleep, etc., if possible, because that can be confusing for them. But if you do it out of desperation, then get back on track as soon as you get home. Solution number three when you can't get baby to bed on time. Don't go or go late. Another option for those events that are going to happen at your child's nap time or past their bedtime, you can choose not to go. Or in some instances, you can arrive late. This is your family. You can make these decisions for yourself. And sometimes the decision, if you can't find a babysitter, is not to go or simply to arrive late. I remember once early in our marriage when we were late to a Christmas party because of Emma's nap. My husband was really upset because being on time is extremely important to him. He feels it is a sign of respect. And I kept trying to remind him that it was just a party and they would understand and they did. But at the time, he couldn't see the benefit. Five years later now, and he still highly values being on time, but he has also seen the importance of sometimes intentionally arriving late when our child's sleep schedule can't be shifted to the extent that arriving on time would require. This past fall, we had a family picnic that we were going to, but it was scheduled to start exactly at the time when the girls went down for their nap and rest times. Originally, we planned to go up early to my mom and dad's house so the girls could nap there since mom and dad's house was much closer to the picnic than our house and arrive at the picnic late. In the end, I think what we did was we tried to nap them in the car, which kind of worked, kind of didn't. Our younger two slept for a short time, but our eldest didn't, and we intentionally arrived late. Give your friends or family or whomever you're visiting a heads up. And the vast majority of the time, especially if they themselves have kids, they will understand. And if they don't, then as my mom would say, tough beans and hard lard for them. Your family, your decision. You can't please everyone. Solution number four, when you can't get baby to bed on time. Abbreviated bedtime routine. All right, now finally, let's talk about what to do when you can't sleep your child while you're out and you're going to get home after they should already be down for a nap or in bed for the night. Now, obviously, like we said before, we want to avoid this like the plague, but sometimes it happens. What you're going to do is this. You're going to get home or to your destination 
after your child is already supposed to be in bed and they can't get in a full or even decent nap in the car before you get there. Keep the baby awake if you're going to get there within 30 minutes of when they should be in bed. If it's going to take longer than 30 minutes, then let them snooze in the car. Be crazy. Be loud. Open the windows. Get the big kids involved. Sing. Get a wet wipe for the baby's face if you're not the one driving. And try, because you know, I know you do, that if your baby falls asleep in the last 10 minutes before you get home, there is a very real chance they won't fall asleep again for a long time, and they will still be exhausted. They just won't fall asleep. Then, talk the big kids through the plan before you arrive. First, shoes off, wash hands. Then, go potty and get out your pajamas. Then we'll take a shower, brush our teeth, say a short prayer, and hop in bed. And right as you're pulling into the driveway, you say, what are we going to do first? Pause, shoes off, wash hands. And that usually helps. Then, once you get there, it's all systems go. Get the kids inside, shoes off, and pull out what you need. Sleep sack, white noise machine, fan, and blackout shade for naps. Same, plus jammies, hairbrush, and toothbrush for bedtime. Once, when we were visiting Reese's family in Colorado, we arrived super late at his mom's house. It was after 9 p.m. when we got there, and the girls were usually in bed by 8 at that point. Did my husband's mom think we were nutso for insisting on giving the girls a bath at that time? Yep. But did we do it anyway? You bet we did. We had been traveling for a while, and we all felt icky, and the girls were in an unfamiliar environment since we're only able to make that trip to visit twice a year, and they were too young to remember. We did an abbreviated routine. We gave them a five-minute bath, helped them feel fresh and snug, and recited their bedtime books as we dressed them, as we dressed them in their PJs and brushed their hair in tiny teeth. And then we popped them right in their beds. And we would do the same thing, the same exact thing, and have, in fact, done the same thing on a number of occasions over the years. And what if you're not late to bedtime, but late for a nap? Or something happens like running errands went long, the line at the grocery store took forever, or swim lessons ran long, or something like that. And you just won't make it home before baby's supposed to be in bed for her nap. The steps are basically the same. Keep the baby awake, let the big kids know what you're going to do as soon as you get home, and then once you get home, do an abbreviated pre-nap routine and pop your nuggets in bed. Expect that your child may take a little longer to fall asleep and may sleep a little restlessly. Depending on how late your baby is to bed, your baby's sleep might be affected for the next several hours or even up to 24 to 48 hours. Just anticipate it. Keep to the routine and your child's sleep should recover quickly enough. That's it for today. Today, we talked about what to do when you unexpectedly can't get the baby to bed on time. One, shift the schedule. Two, be prepared. Three, don't go or go late. Four, 
abbreviated bedtime routine. I'm Ashley Thompson, wife, mom, certified pediatric sleep consultant, and licensed speech-language pathologist, and I can't wait to see you next time. Now go love on your sweet baby. It's time for them to play, sleep, grow. If you found this episode helpful, would you please share it with your favorite mom friend? My mission with this business is to help 1,000 growing families regain peace and security through one-on-one consulting for sleep training as quickly and gently as possible. And if you leave me an honest review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and email it to me, I will send you your pick of one of my three most popular resources. Ending legal note. Please remember that this is a podcast for personal use. It is not medical advice and should not be considered or used as such. I am not a medical sleep professional, and though I am a pediatric sleep consultant and speech-language pathologist, the information I present on this podcast is general information that I have gathered through my own education, research, and experience, and not specific to you or your child. Before implementing any ideas or suggestions I may provide, please clear it with your or your child's doctor first.